No. No. No, come, please, make it, make it stop. No. This is BBC One. And now, our Olympic coverage continues from Tokyo. It's surfing with Ed Lee and Ben Mundy. Ed. Ed, I thought we were mates. It's called the British Broadcasting Corporation. Mundy's Australian. And that rollercoaster of emotions in just a moment. But first of all, let's start with the overall performance of the top stars because that was pretty incredible. Very challenging then. Yeah, it's a long day. They all surfed farm four heat. No! You okay, love? Have you got the night terrors again? Was it the one where you were trapped in a well and the only way out was to do the magic seaweed Instagram captions for a thousand years? No. Oh, God, it was much worse than that. Oh, I dreamt that Ed Lee from Ski Sunday asked Monday to do the Olympic surf commentary on BBC with him, and not me. Oh, my love, <sighs> that's just silly. They'll never do that. Monday? Ben Monday? I'm wide awake now. I'm going to go in the spare room and read Wavelength Volume 261 for a bit. See if that helps me back off to sleep. Night, love. Love you. Oh, God, Ben. I had a terrible, oh, an awful nightmare. Woke up dripping in sweat. P- pajamas wet through. Ben, I had a dream that the BBC asked you to cover the Olympic surfing in, in Tokyo, and not me. Fucking awful. Yes, Paul, yeah, I mean, you know what? It wasn't a, it was, wasn't a dream, Paul. Ah! It's the truth, mate, ah! yeah. Yeah, I know, I I did lose you there for a while when, I, when you ah. heard the news. It was probably a good... Two to three week kind of radio silence where you were digesting the information, but... Writing letters to the Chief Commissioner of the BBC, letters of complaint. Some of the streams of invective about our friend Ed Lee were... Even for me, who can tolerate some foul language, that even I was shocked, Paul, by some of your some of your behaviour. But yeah, I was there, and I... Probably the face of surfing for the BBC. Um, had a great time. Yeah, just sorry. Welcome to It's Not The Length podcast. <laughs> I'm Paul Evans. He's Ben Mundy, and we're chatting... All things surf. I don't think we've had a pod with you and I since uh, you and backstabbing Judas Edley stabbed me right between the shoulder blades and, and did a surf broadcast without me. But yeah, I'm, I'm in the world, words of Elton John, I'm still standing. <laughs> yeah, no, it was good, Paul. Has your, yeah. has your life changed? Oh, much? I mean, I can't sort of, I just sort of like pre Olympics and post Olympics in terms of how I divide my life these days, just in terms of. You know, obviously business opportunities, fans, just all of it. Really, it's been it's been a roller coaster. Uh, I had my first experience with makeup, and uh, I mean, so that's something I've taken on board and I'm wearing every day ever since because that was uh, that was great. Well, little things like that, you know, it's affected me in little ways and in big ways. Um, let's get caught up where we are now. We're in my lounge in France. Um, the Euro leg is in full swing of professional competitive surfing. We were in Portugal. We're up in France now. We're having a pretty fucking good time. Ah, oh, life on the Challenger series, Paul. At the, at the coalface of professional surfing. Good waves, good times, good sun. Adele's got a new album out as well. Things are really looking up. Ah, oh, for a man of a certain age, it's been one of those weeks that you just you always remember. I think. Um, we'd, well, let's it's not time for a little anecdote, is it? Should we? <laughs> should we chat, chat some foil wars? We we went we went for a surf yesterday, and I got I got involved in a little bit of. A, a little bit of a beef. That was quite gnarly, wasn't it? Yeah, you did. Um, the French, the French foil wars, as they probably be forever known. A, a, a guy in a foil board, one of those ones you can paddle into. So they're in the lineup. These there's a lot of them over here. 
they're a new scourge on the on the on the face of surfing, and yeah, you had an altercation, I think. So, should I tell the story? Yeah, tell the story, Paul. It could serve. I don't know if anyone was filming it. If someone did it, it could serve as the sort of perfect how to sort of win, win, but also diffuse a beef. It was sort of a masterclass from me. <laughs> um, really? So we went up. We went up the coast a little bit. It was two foot, sort of soft. Surfed a right hander. There's a few crew out. Um, you saw the wave. I took off on a wave. Guy dropped in on me on a foil, fell off, hit me with the foil, then had a go at me. Is that? That's, that is accurate, yes. Is that what happened? That's definitely accurate, yeah. Um, so I was padding back out, the guy started sort of shouting at me, and I was like, what? And anyway, he's like, fucking, you're not from here. Get it. First of all, he sent me in. All the classics. He sent me in. I didn't go in. First rule, stand your ground. <laughs> um, yeah, he got really angry, told me he was from here, and he was a local. I was like, well done, mate. Great. Anyway, blah, blah, blah. One point he said he's going to punch me. Yeah. At which point I said, all right, fine. Let's go to the beach. He didn't want to go to the beach. Yeah. I, I think at that stage, that's where he, he, he lost, the, lost the battle right there, you know. Yeah. So he didn't want to go to the beach. I mean, I didn't want to go to the beach, but he said he's going to punch me. I was like, fine. Let's, let's, let's see how that goes down. He didn't want to go. He carried on fucking gobbing on. Blah, 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 blah for ages. Loads of arguing. But in the end, after about an hour, everyone got out. There's like 30 people yeah. in, right? It's just... good for me. I was just hunting around, getting little waves all around it. Everyone else got out. I didn't get out, even though he told me two loads of times. I just carried on surfing. Um, he argued and got really angry. And in the end, I actually sort of made friends with him. So I did a little hand. Jack, you know, we, he's called Bruno. I'm called Paul. We did a little handshake. And I was like, mate, just fucking don't worry about it. It's two foot. So in the end, it was fine. No one got hurt and everything was fine in the surfing family. Uh, I would say it's the... You know, it wasn't the most violent of all altercations I've seen in the water. It was definitely the longest. <laughs> it was the longest beef I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that is foils. I mean, I was just saying, we were saying yesterday, weren't we? Like, originally there was, you know, the bo boogie boarders came on the scene and that was a bit of an issue with surfers. Obviously, we might get to Tom Moray, one of the legends of the sport. Then there came the goat boats or the skis. They were a pain. They, they took three waves. Then came the stand-up paddle boards. And we thought, oh, well, that's... A thing we dealt with and we assimilated, and just when you think there isn't any more surf craft that can really kind of destroy the, the gentle ecosystem of a, a of a surf session of a lineup, along comes foils operating at speed on a giant fucking iron bar beneath it, out of control uh, in the lineup with no leg ropes. So yeah, that's a new thing, guys. Look forward to they're coming into a lineup near you right now. Yeah, super fucking dangerous. They think they banned them down at Anglet last summer or the summer before, but they're still they're still legal tender up in Leylon and certainly amount of time for someone gets their fucking skull caved in. But anyway, luckily it wasn't me yesterday, and um, I and I won the I won the beef. But it's good of the boys actually. You and our mate Wes sort of did back me up, so that was cool. Um, but I didn't need to back up, obviously. But yeah. <laughs> Um, all just a little bit of bickering silliness out yeah. and see just an entitled middle-aged white men with sort of surf craft worth more than sort of a year's salary in sort of some parts of the world sort of arguing over two foot right-handers. Sweet. My, <laughs> Sweet. My favourite bit was when his mate came over and said and he told you that you were lucky because the other guy was so cool and I was <laughs> like if this guy's fucking cool I mean I don't know what the parameter was but yeah. Do you mean Bruno? Bruno, Bruno, yeah, mate, sorry, we Bruno. Yeah, mate, we're mate, cool we're, now. Oh, we're going for tea. Going yeah. for dinner tonight. We're actually good now. Um, the, yeah, the moral of the story is uh, try not to get into surf beef. But if you do, don't back down if in your quick appraisal of the other person they don't look sort of noticeably much harder than you. Although appearances can be deceiving, be aware if they're like really short but like 
quite bushy eyebrows. Like you gotta watch out for them. Like quick sort of twitch fiber muscles. Bit twitchy, muscles. Yeah, yeah, a bit twitchy. Big knuckles, but he, this guy just looked like a fucking bit of a cunt. <laughs> whatever, I stood my ground. Classic Evans. Um, what else is going on, Monday? You you've actually joined. You've actually got a bit trendy. You've joined the you joined the mid length army. You've been out shopping on a on a Rob Vaughan twin pin. So you've ditched the sort of high performance. The HPS, you ditched the Matt Cabianca, is he called Matt? <laughs> the Medina model. Matt LeBlanc. Yeah, you ditched the Medina model. You've been out on Sam Carrier's yeah. twin pin, how's that? Well, I was kind of forced that? into, I, um, as all big evolutions go, I was kind of forced into it. I, uh, my boards didn't arrive. Adapt Portugal. or die. Adapt or die. The boards didn't arrive from Portugal, <laughs> me and Zeke Lau, our boards didn't arrive. Funny story about that, I'll talk about that later. But um, yeah, so I had to borrow a board, went down to uh, our good mate Sam Carrier's uh, under under board cave, which, as I said, like I didn't want to particularly want to get that board. I was looking for a long board because it was small, but um, you needed a fucking degree in engineering just to get anything out of that shed down below. So I just pulled out the twin fit. Look, six foot eight mid twin Rob Vaughan. Yeah, and I'm I'm on it, and uh, I know I'm late to the party. Uh, turns out they, uh, I mean, they're perfect for a, a withering elderly surfer of sort of de decreasing standards. I'm yeah, I'm all over it, and I look fucking cool. In other news, we've been taking Europe's temperature. We were in, in Portugal, we're in France now. How's how's Europe going for you? It's been a, been a little while since you've been out here for obvious reasons. Is it surfing alive and kicking? Is it, is oh, it doing well? Mate, is... I'm actually been kind of blown away that the Aracira and now Hossiga fucking surf towns on steroids. It's just like millions of people surfing. There's vibes, businesses are booming. There's like, yeah, it's, I can feel like post-COVID, there's some type of new wave and there's so many surfers, which is great. But um, yeah, I'm loving it. Loving that loving the, everyone's got the surf, got, you know, caught the surf bug. Uh, sunny skies, what, you know, relatively warm waters, good waves. Just Europe at its best port. Loving it. Should we get into some good bads? Yep. Let's do it. Paul, mm. have you got anything that is? That's good. Yeah. I've got something that's good. Um, I'd like to introduce you to the Brick Goat. Heard of him? His name's Ben Skinner. Skin Dog. Skinny Dog Dog. My mate Skin Dog. Skin Dog, what a ledge. Just off the pack of a final at the boo in the Wazzle World Longboard Ting. Uh, lost, unfortunately, to Joel Tudor. Um, in the final, but yeah, massive shout out to Skin Dog. What a legend. He's got to be the Brit Goat. I mean, if we're not, you know, Martin Potter used to have GB next to his name, but whatever, you know, he was born there, but he left in his too. But as someone who's actually comes from the British Isles with a British accent, who's who's outperformed him on the on a sort of global stage with a surfboard? No one. No one. No one ever. No one's even come close. No, I would agree with that. He's had a, a long career. Uh, Shreds the bag, can longboard, can pack barrels. Hates Monday. He's <laughs> got a bit of understanding beef with me. But you know what? Even that might be a sign of a good, good judge of character, to be honest. And uh, yeah, he rips and, you know, keeps going. Good on him, yeah, I'd say. The other, you know, quite cool thing is they actually brought in, like, Devin Howard came in as a commissioner from the, um, for the Wazzle on longboards. And the idea of that was to sort of get, kind of kick out your... Your skin dogs, your Del Perros, that one from the East Coast. All those kind of more like high performance one, they thought yeah. that wasn't fashionable enough. They wanted it more kind of log style. Well, I mean, it's, it's boring. But yeah, anyway, yeah. They, they kind of changed it a little bit to sort of get him out or, you know, just promote people 
doing single. Anyway, he's adapted. He made the final against against Joel Tuna, who everyone gets quite excited about. But personally, I, I I don't really see it with with Tudor. I mean, I'll just take everyone else's word for it. But I, I don't get that excited about. It. He's got a bit of a little bit of a poo stance. Oh. Kind of, just don't really. Two minutes of him at a wave at Malibu <laughs> is probably. It, I kind of feel. I start off kind of bored and then I get angry and then I just get kind of a little bit sick in the stomach. But, but he's a world champion and... People who know more about like him, so we'll, we'll yeah. take their... We'll accept their better judgment. But I mean, overall, competitive longboard and it's, it's a little bit sort of hard, a little bit like the Turner Prize. Sometimes it's quite hard to know exactly what the criteria is. They do seem to be making up sometimes, but fucking massive shout out to Skin Dog. What a legend. And just, just a cool... Just a cool dude who hates who hates Monday. So <laughs> yeah, good on him. <laughs> How old's Joe, Joel Tudor? Forty-five. Same age. No, he's me. older than Kelly Slater. No, well he? Kelly's older oh, yeah, as a world champion. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think it's forty-five. Looks older. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the smoky dokey. <laughs> Bags under the eyes. Oh, Get like on that. the gummies <laughs> on the reefer. Um, Ben. What have you got? Uh, another man crush, Paul. Mm-hmm. We are, we're a massive fan of a man crush and uh, down there in Portugal, staying in Aracira, uh, the contest director, all-round legend, uh, Miguel Fort. So Michael Strong, basically, is, is his name translated in English and I tell you what, he's a, a great surfer, a good guy, a little silver fox, a little twinkle in his eye, handsome about town and then just when I didn't had you know, I had enough respect, was like going through the roof. There was an incident down there at... um. Uh, the Vistler Pro, where Teresa Bonvalo got stuck on the rocks. Pretty gnarly rocks on the shore, big kind of jagged edge, and, and all of a sudden, Fort just runs. And it's like eight, eight foot? Yeah, a solid eight foot, uh, high tide, and there's these rocks, boulders like the size of cars, basically, and uh, she got stuck in between them. Kind of dry dock. The, the wave rolled back, she was stuck on top of the leash, all tangled around this rock head. Fort and also Jan Martin and Charlie Martin to their credit they both run out but it was Fort was in there then just straight in grabbed her put himself on the line literally like you could see him just getting pinned between the rocks she remained unscathed he fucking his feet were all shrouded he just came out just he came out sort of with, you know the, he took his shirt off just sort of exited the water bleeding just curled just downplayed it and um, yeah, he's a legend. That night, he was at, we were at the bar, he was like dancing, had his little, you know, he's got so popular. And then he's like, ah, oh, Monday, I'll come buy you a drink. I was like, ha ha, wicked, Ford's buying me a drink. Doesn't get any better than this. Did it three times. Each time I end up buying the round somehow. I just, but he, that's the skill he's got. And uh, even that I had to respect. I was like, yeah, so yeah, I love a man crush. Yeah, and Fort, what a legend. Yeah, Fort, yeah, he's, um, he's basically, he's like kind of the ruler of, of Kosher, so he's probably, well, he's, he's definitely had more good waves at Kosher and, and other Aerosur spots than, than anyone in history, but he's not, he's not a cunt about it at all. He's just no. got that quiet sort of confidence in mm. his own, so he doesn't, he's, he's not a flexor, he's like, nah. he's just a fucking quiet R- dominator, like R- everyone respects R- him. Ah, it's iron fist and a velvet glove. Yeah, a total ledge, and yeah, like you mentioned, I, I don't know particularly what his personal situation is, but... I mean, when we saw him in, in Spinola's nightclub, he, you know, he, he had some young friends around and he looked like he was having a great time and just fucking more power to him. At some point around t- 2015, I'd say him and sort of Brad Pitt were on a sort of similar sort of trajectory in terms of like their sort of general sort of attractiveness. And then, I don't know, maybe it's just the court case or whatever, but Brad seems to have sort of gone south and Fortes has just branched up and just carried on, on from strength to strength. What a legend, what a guy. And he's got surf school there as well, so if, you, if you're having a lesson in Aracera, go 
go and see fucking Mickey Strong. <laughs> he'll sort you right out. And if you end up fucked on the rocks, he'll run out of the... He was in the judging tower, fucking ran out of the tower, jumped over the wall and sprinted down. And you're right. Um, Jan, best thing that happened in all the... Best thing that happened in the yeah, event, I would say. Jan Marta, he's actually the Ripco team manager, yeah. so that's sort of his job. And he was standing close to her. He's contractually obliged. Charlie Marta has no relations to French Pro Server. He just helped because he's a good guy. But Fortes fucking sprinted across the beach, basically, and waded in. Legend. Um, yeah, good shit. I, I second that. He's a good count. Paul, mm. what else have you got that's... Um, Tom Morey. He's, he's dead now, so that's bad news, but let's celebrate the life, and what what a man. I mean, you look at his Wikipedia page, which is, which is definitely what we both did uh, five minutes before we started recording this, but fucking hell, mate. I mean, the stuff he's done, how there isn't a movie, well, there must be, there's a treatment coming. Surely. Surely there's a treatment coming for this. But if um, Mikey Wright can get a premiere at the Hossiger Zone tonight, surely Tom Morey can get a surely Tom Morey can get a fucking movie. So presumably people have heard of Maury Boogie. Um, that's the boogie board, also known as the body board. He invented that. The reason it's called the boogie board is uh, Tom Morey was really into jazz, so like that's where the inspiration came from. Um, he was a really accomplished drummer. He played with the likes of Dizzy Gillespie, among other jazz greats. I, th I think he played in a four-piece right up until pretty recently in, in Laguna Beach there on a, on a weekend in, in one of the sort of swanky restaurants. But jazz musician, a mad inventor, um, bit out there. He, at one point he changed his name just to Y, just to the letter Y. But he was basically an adherent of the Baha'i faith, which is... Um, it came, comes from Iran in, in the 19th century, the 1800s. It basically, it's kind of like a multi... It takes aspects of all the all the big kind of religions and puts them together. But he um he stumbled upon a, a Baha'i kind of seminar on, on Kauai and in the 70s and got into it. And then there's a there's a, a prayer particularly that um, he used... Inspired him to come up with a boogie board. A particular prayer says, Confer upon me thoughts which may change this world into a rose garden and he interpreted that as invent the boogie board yeah and i often say that prayer when i've got like especially in the canary islands with like six or seven guys on a boogie board is like flapping their fins in my face so i say that rose garden prayer all the time um what else did he do he invented the interchangeable fin in the early 60s so he kind of basically came up with the idea of a box before they were glassed on he he put on the first ever professional surf comp uh, which was a nose run event at dana point um, obviously invented the boogie board among other things. He was involved in the wave lock, standing wave thing, and then more recently returned to, he worked in the aviation industry for a long time, returned to help develop softboards and worked much more recently with, with catch surf among others. But yeah, he's a mad inventor and, and people like um, Mike Stewart and those cite him as like a bit of a legend. And he, 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 all those inventions that he came up with, he had loads of other ones that we kind of don't know about because they're fucking pretty out there. But um. Yeah, what a legend, and I mean, it's a, sort of an argument, maybe one of the most sort of influential kind of surfer inventors of all time. I don't know, they're like more, think about the amount of ways ridden around the world on boogie boards. I don't know if any, anyone he's can more, really... He's more responsible for more people having more fun in the surf than any other man alive, I would say. put that better than I did, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, and then and bit of an enigmatic sort of character, love jazz. Is jazz good? Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, jazz yeah, good. yeah, yeah, jazz yeah. Is good. Jazz, jazz is good. Longboard's good. Yeah, yeah, life's good. Yeah, that's good. All right, that all wraps things up.
part one of the show. Before we get back into part two, let's go and hear from Wavelength editor Luke Gartside, aka the hardest working man in surfing. He's actually got himself on the road down there in one of my very favorite parts of the world in Asturias, northern Spain, looking for waves and getting a little time out of the office. But we caught up with him for a little catch up about the latest edition of Wavelength, volume 261. Hola Paul, estoy persiguiendo el ganso here in northern Spain. That means chasing the goose for your non-Spanish speaking listeners. I just wanted to send you a quick message to introduce the new edition of Wavelength from the pod. It's volume 261, the autumn winter edition. It's just come out. It's dedicated to stories of camaraderie, community and connection among wave riders around the world. If you want to direct your listeners, they can hit up the website. They can check out what's inside. There's some great stories in there. They can also browse our subscription offers. We brought back some of our favorite ones to celebrate the launch of this edition. So we got free chocolate from Tony's Chocolate Only. It's delicious and slavery free. We've also got free coffee from Caravan Coffee Roasters, free socks from Stance and Arvin Goods. All right, mate, I'm going to get back to it. Thanks then. Bye. always make this podcast about ourselves Paul I mean we'd like to try and be as outward facing mm. as we can but I'm just you know I just I think you know me I'm probably gonna speak for you a bit in this little little segment but just uh our quest we're the you know we've been the commentators for the Challenger Series event we're sort of the face of WSL at, at, at the moment and I can yeah. just I can feel that the CT qualification which is obviously the holy grail like that I've been searching on I mean I think not about you my last CT was in 2010 at Bells where unfortunately I Broke both my legs in a, during a floater after the first day of competition, and was had to, uh, you know, had to, well. Can you not commentate with a broken? The leg? event was over. Yeah, I couldn't. I mean, I tried to get there. Um, posted up on uh, Sean Doherty's uh, couch for a week. There, he was the world's worst nurse. But anyway, since then, I've just you know I've had to go start from scratch. Basically, you know, we uh, we've had some moments in some one thousands into routes, sharing a bed with done our time in Tenerife, 1500 QS, and slowly, slowly but surely, we've sort of sort of, I've risen through the, the qualifying series rankings up to the Challenger series, and now I, I don't want to, you know, I want to risk it, risk it all, but I, I can feel the CT is, is coming my way, and I just think, like all those surfers that have been on t- tour for decades, or maybe even longer, Paul, it's hard work pays off. Yeah, I've had a couple of wildcard slots on the CT. Yeah. Um, so coming in without pressure. Yeah. That, that was quite when a was the, When was the last CT that you... you 2013. You 2013 was the last wildcard slot, yeah. Uh, the men's. I think I did a women's one in 2014, just before it became the World Surf oh, League. Okay. Yeah, since then I... Um, Similar journeys. And I just think what the surfing world needs is a couple of 50-year-old blokes to finally crack, finally crack it. Some white 50-year-old men that can finally crack the CT well, and... We're the new generation. It's like it's all about the kids, you know. People say about England, England football. Like the the reason why it's so exciting isn't necessarily what's going on now, but it's just like the potential for the future. And I think a lot of surf fans look at us and just think, "Wow, these guys have got so much in front of them. Like so much promise. They're young, you know. They're in their late forties. They they're the groms of the commentary world. And like think where we can take this. You know, yeah. we've got." Probably five to seven years before we retire. So yeah. we're really looking at a purple patch. In an idea, at age 55, I crack the CT, I do one event, and I just fucking drop that mic into the fucking <laughs> sand and just ground it in and just walk off into the... Actually, just walk into the ocean with the uh, sunset and just call it quits. So, mm. yeah, that's good, Paul. I feel like we're on a roll. In all, in all seriousness, though, on that note, the sort of pathway into, into commentary status, the only way you can sort of get in there is if you're... 
good at surfing. In terms of people that are sort of relatively unskilled at surfing, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll just speak for myself, but I'll probably include you in that. Is in, before it was kind of magazines, right? So you, yeah. like, if you were a magazine, you're a journalist. Yeah. That's that's how they kind of pick people. Yeah. To get, in, but that aren't really magazines yeah, anymore. Yeah, they don't or exist. Even the ones that there are, <laughs> edited by old people like us, with the exception, of course, of, of, of Luke Garson and Wavelength. Um, but yeah, broadly speaking, there aren't a lot of magazines anymore. So yeah, sort of, they basically pulled the ladder up underneath <laughs> us, and we're the sort of last of the. We, it's a little bit like your your famous kneeboarder, the world's youngest kneeboarder ref is is fifty two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the youngest ever kneeboarder in, in existence is, is 52, and that's why we've talked about it before. This could be a buzzer, where uh, the, yeah, the, the kneeboard uh, breeding program, on, I still haven't found the female kneeboarder to start it off. But we do have a buzzer, Paul, that's what we might need to talk about. The Yeah, you've buzzed. I've buzzed. Let's, let's get into the buzzer. What? I'll introduce a rule that says, <laughs> if you've uh, retold a story, uh, so if you're retelling a story that someone's already heard, the person who has heard that story before can buzz you. And I'll tell you what, guys and girls out there, it is a valuable tool. It's a conversational tool where you know, obviously you've, you've heard your partner, your brother, your sister, your friend tell the same story let's over give, and over. Let's give an example. So, for example, you, you might have happened to mention once before that you went to um, the EBC's uh, Salford Media City. For yeah. A bit. Made, so, for example, if you just maybe said something like, so I was like, yeah, so you wouldn't believe it, Paul. I was at the um, BBC Salford. <laughs> and I just buzz in, basically. I've heard it before. I've heard all the stories. I've heard he had the Addison Lee driver drive him up <laughs> and wait in the car while he recorded all night with backstabbing Judas at Lee. Um, I've heard this, so I can buzz. However, if there's someone present in your group that who ha- hadn't heard yeah. the story, you get to carry on? Yeah, Is you get right? to carry on. I, I call them the buzzer beater. So they're um yeah see guys and girls out there you might want to try it it can uh, it can it can save you valuable time in terms of hearing old stories over I, I and over. Got back from I picked up the buzzer in Portugal. I was back, been back now what, a week or so. I introduced it into my marriage, but basically on the first evening, Heidi and <laughs> we've been having a fucking great time buzzing each other out with stuff. I mean, I mean, what, what did fun. you you said? What did you say? It was the best thing that raised the living standards of the Evans household more than the, the new bathroom. <laughs> Paul, mm. enough of this positive, good vibe stuff. Yeah. What have you got that? There's bad, there's really bad, and then there's Italo Ferreira. What's happened? What's happened to it? Old Itty. Itty the F. people's champion. Italo. The man of the moment, the cool guy, the fun guy. Oh, what's, what's happened? What's happened to Italo? Um, he's, I, he's changed. <laughs> Yeah. Not our words. Uh, this is some sort of in, in maybe some inside stuff from some of the even the Brazilian crew. Um, yeah, Italo. He's um. Would it be fair to say maybe his sort of success and wealth has maybe slightly gone to? Hey, wait. It's not the length, listeners. You be the judge. When he comes out of the water, um, people have like I think yeah the idea of having sort of crew helping you on tour like Mick Fanning kind of like had that. You got someone to carry your boards, your personal trainer. Great. Maybe you travel with a you know someone that helps you might mentally whatever it might be, um, obviously like Taj and Johnny Gannon was the kind of a big one. Italo sort of taken that to another level. When he gets out of a heat, he's got a crew of what Doug Marsh calls his minions who run around him. Some guy comes down with his gold chain and puts his massive BA Baracus gold chain on. Another guy's got his gold earrings. He puts his earrings in. He's, he's got minions doing all sorts of stuff. There's a lot of gold. Does he take an Olympic gold a little bit too literally? There's a lot of gold there. I mean, I thought I'd come back a little bit, you know, with each self-inflated important thought. You know, I may have, you know, I may, you know, 
pushed pushed friendships away. But yeah, he's he's taken them to a next level. Yeah, those minions they run, they run and they run and they run and they they got yeah. A, he hasn't carried he hasn't carried a board except from right the kind of side to the beach. I think in about yeah six months. In the event in Erisera, he paddled out. He, you know, it was big news. He was in the event. The world, you know, gold medals was huge for the event. We all love to see him surf. Paddled out, surfed heat for ten minutes, and just came in because the surf wasn't very good. Literally, just exited the water with no. Uh, yeah, so I was like, "Come on, mate. At least I don't mind throwing the heat. I mean, that's fine. I mean, that's a bit an age-old tradition, but you can do it better than that. So yeah, it's allowing pure speculation. How much do you reckon he got paid to surf in Erisera? And do you reckon he still got his money even though he left the water early? Well, I think... Two-part question. Uh, How much do you reckon he got paid, first of all? 50 grand? No, not that much. 20 I, grand? Up, yeah. Do you reckon they do it for 20 grand? I reckon 20 grand and some sweeteners, some land deals. Mm -hmm. and then this is pure, <laughs> pure speculation, by the way. Maybe the legal department want to go through this. But, yeah. yeah. I think he may have got an appearance, but it was... Yeah, 20 grand, whatever, and he probably still got it. Although, contractually, I think he didn't fulfil his obligations of actually surfing in the event. Anyway, it's like, come on, mate, you're better than that. Um, yeah, a high point for me from Portugal is we, we, we saw him in his, in his Jeep, in his feet up on the dash in the passenger seat, just on his phone, and his minions, like, they, 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 he was standing at the same place. They get out and they were sprinting, like, around, like, sprinting back in to pick something and Doug Marsh was dropping us off after a little surf up the coast, and this dog goes, run, minions, run! And we're just heckling <laughs> from the street. So good. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a little, I'm still, you know, still a great surfer, but I'm just a little bit worried about the gold. I don't know if gold jewellery has ever been massively conducive to, to good surfing, and I, I don't know if that's necessarily the sort of trajectory we want, we want surfing to go on. I mean, hey, each to their own, but... It's not really my cup of tea. Well, this is probably, a, it's an up, it's... Oh, sorry, can I just say, shout out to me for saying live on air that um, he looked like he was modelling himself on BA Baracus, by the way, which did raise a few eyebrows from Pete the Condor, the Mavs Goat Mal. Carry on. Uh, well, this is a, a familiar refrain on this podcast, and it's... The, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you could be buzzing us at home. The, um... It's you know it's the it's the the the, the passage of time, mm. the uh, the erosion of, of one's uh, you know <sighs> facilities abilities, and uh, I had a little another taste of it down there in in, in Portugal. You're talking about getting old. Talking about getting old. Not recommended. It's not recommended. Uh, and we were sitting down there. We had a um a fellow our fellow commentator Chico Francisco Chico Alves, legend, lovely man, funny fucker. And uh, but he's only 28, 29, so still, I wouldn't say he's in the flush of youth, but he's <laughs> he's got you know he's got some he's got a couple of decades up his sleeve on us. And I was sitting at the table, and I put my glasses case down. I got these. I I bought these little my Sorry, spectacle. This, this is in the VIP area of the contest. It's in the VIP contest, the area there's a well-to-do area. It's all quite fun. There's loads of young people buzzing around, healthy specimens, attractive ladies. are quite attractive young kind yeah. of influencers and it, there's a certain amount of kind of strutting and yeah. preening. And so I'm feeling pretty good because I'm in that environment. I've, you know, I've somehow wrangled my way into that world where I'm getting free beer and free food and I'm happy with my life considering all the things I'm up against. Anyway, I put my glass case down, which is a green it's spectacle a, case, it's hard spec, case. Spec savers, I'm the make, high street. I've high got it right street. here. I'm going to tuck now and you'll hear what, the noise it makes. So it's hard plastic. A green sort of vinyl spec savers glasses case. 
I put it down and my mate Shiko just sort of looked at it and then I see the disgust sort of just draw down his face. This and it, beautiful Portuguese tan yeah, just drained away. It just drained. And he looked at that and he, he looked at it and he went, he pointed at that is an anti-pussy magnet. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, it's just a glasses case. He really took offense to it. And he just, he couldn't understand it. He didn't, he didn't know why I had it. He didn't know how it could help me or him or anyone around. He took it as a personal offense. It was actually in his vicinity. Yeah, I mean, he, I think he is in a, a long-term, stable, loving, nurturing relationship, monogamous relationship. However, he still thought it might affect his sort of <laughs> yeah, overall just, just, sort of, yeah, sort of status with with the sweet poontang. So yeah, he, he, he wasn't happy with the glass because it's for reading glasses. So you only yeah. need these. So it's a situation where you're taking them off and putting them on again quite a lot of yeah, times in the day. To read my phone, for example. So they're not just sitting on your face as most yeah, glasses yeah. wear. It's just put yeah. them on the face in the morning and that's it for the yeah. day. You kind of like on and off, on and off. Yeah, and you know, my case. ability to lose things and misplace things is quite good. So I like to have a big, and put in my pocket. So yeah, that's why. They were, and yeah, over the course of the week, I obviously kept them. And it became a running joke about these things. But yeah, it was just another one. I didn't even see it coming. I was like, well, it's just a pair of glasses case. But that's the problem. You're so you're so old, you're not even, not even aware of these things anymore, Paul. But anyway, it was just another little will another I, little chink in the chain. Will I will I mention the anecdote about you? Although we're very much against beach and marine pollution, you <laughs> throwing the green specs Avis glasses case off the cliff in Arisira to impress some German chicks are on the <laughs> table next to us having tapas. Um, and then, uh, yeah. You, you we went down and picked them up. Went down and picked it up. Yeah. Uh, had to be were, they, were they impressed? The, the, oh, they were confused. What did she say to you? The, the one girl? <laughs> no, the other one. I don't know why. One went, you're so white. I was like, right. Come on. But you're so white. I was like, yeah. I'm aware of my p- pigmentation issues. Anyway, um, I, I just, getting old sucks, but uh, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and if you do get reading glasses, um, maybe consider getting the little dangly, yeah. the little, what do you call that thing? Little, uh, the little cord. Glasses cord. Yeah, yeah, maybe consider that. Or, because they are sexy. Or <laughs> just go the end of the nose ones when you just peer. The bifocals. When you, wanna, when you wanna read yeah. something, you just sort of tilt the, the, yeah, the Arsene, Arsene Wenger. Yeah, the bifocals are coming, don't worry about that. Oh, when you put mine on, you went, oh, they make everything bigger. Yeah, yeah, so you're, they're coming your way, mate. Don't I worry about that. Though, my eyes are actually <laughs> fucked. It's um, uh, one of the list of things that are deteriorating <laughs> on the Evans rig. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if this is, a, oh, well, this is a good and bad in lots of ways, but um, your, your experience broadcasting to, you know, a large audience of, min, of minions, min, minions, millions <laughs> on, on, on BBC One. Yeah. Um, don't have much. A lot of people. I've had a lot of complaints about the Olympic coverage. Not not just about surfing, but also definitely including surfing. But to a lot of complaints. Um, I, I tried to sort of tune in, and it was on the red button. I was just watching on my computer, so I, I didn't see most. I did see the you and Jason Mohammed on BBC One, who's who's also now dead to me, which is a shame because I liked him. Uh, he's dead to me. Claire Balding was already fucking dead to me, but she's dead to me. Uh, and I'll probably throw in Lineker as well. Alistair Bruce, but I mean, just anyone at the B, basically, you're all just, yeah. You're gone. You're just, yeah, they're all, they're all dead. But yeah, broadly, good good, good experience. You, you, yeah. you and your mate, you and your mate, Ed. The actual, the actual calling of the event was a 12 hours shift with no breaks during the night, and that was a bit dull, but that was just like calling a QS, any QS competition. Mm. But mm-hmm. yeah, when I went up to the, the big green screen at 5.30 on a primetime BBC, that was a new experience. BBC Paul. One on a Sunday, what was the audience? Uh, they put four million. The guy, the producer said, 
at that time, so that's that's quite Don't large. Don't get nervous or anything, but there's four million people. I didn't really notice. As I said, when I went into the uh, the the first stage was, <laughs> was the makeup artist. Right. She was like, she was like, "How do you have it, Ben?" I was like, right. "Yeah, well, anyway, you got it, and a lot of it." And then she was like, "So that was a little fun." But then I went into the green room, which is where you yeah. wait for Did the you um, a rider. Did you specify a rider? I didn't, but there was another um, guy in there who I got. I had 10, 15 minutes to chat, and he's um, I met him, Latello Muhammad, and he was the Taekwondo. So he was like the Taekwondo commentator as I was to surfing, um, except he's six foot three, handsome as all fuck, beautifully dressed, and had won two gold medals in the sport. And I was like, so I'm going to find... I said, I said well, any, any, Latello, not... any tips? He goes, I'll just be yourself. I was like, yeah, easy for you to say, mate. And, uh, but then on once I went on, just at this, fucking nailed it. How, in a sort of scale, how shitting yourself were you at the beginning? Because I... You, you looked a little nervous at the start. I mean, I was kind of hate. I was hate watching it. I sort of want. I kind of wanted you to do well. I was sort of pleased to see you, but at the same time, I, I wouldn't say I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> urging you to fuck up horrendously. I was kind of between. I was between the two stalls. Yeah. I wanted you to do well, but I also wanted you to fail. It's like two uh, conflicting uh, kind yeah, of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know. I know that. How well, nervous were you? Uh, I was pretty. You know what? I wasn't too bad. At the very first couple of minutes, I was like, okay, this is full on. And then once I got on a bit of a stride, I didn't know what I was going to say, but I, I did know I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. And that always does help. And I didn't fuck up. I didn't swear. I didn't... Uh, I got my... I had my shirt ironed the day before by my brother-in-law, so I felt confident in my apparel. Um, and I had the long white socks on, which is, you know, a little bit, you know, risky, but I just went with it. And uh, event, yeah, and I had yeah. the I had the makeup pull event. Yep. And what? How, how's have you got Jason Mohammed's number? Are you I mean, gonna be mates yeah. now? Because he's he's actually a legend and he's a great great dude. Yeah, he's a legend. Yeah, he keeps texting. I've just been busy, but yeah, we're trying to lie up. Well, the Olympics are on in Tahiti, obviously next 2024, and me and Mohammed, um, he's pretty keen to go. So mm-hmm. I've been sort of trying to get him in there. I think me and him might just. Do team you think up. when the B received my file of extensive file of compromat on you? And Ed, actually, as it goes, do you think you're, you're still in the running or that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's, Com- there's all compromat. sorts. Of, there's all sorts. Compromising <laughs> material that I've accrued down the years. Yeah, I mean, if you were, I mean, if there was imagine any, the headlines. If there was any imagine man, if there was any man that could uh, sabotage my burgeoning career, it would be you, Paul. But I know, I know you're better than that. Um, but in all seriousness, Mohammed, amazing presenter. You said he was like, well, tell us about it's your story. Yeah, so I. <laughs> I got there and there was a softball highlights on. We had like three minutes to chat. In that three minutes, he asked who won. The, didn't you no idea about surfing, obviously, but he asked who won, where they were from, asked a story. I told him about the Paris, about the Olympics being in Tokyo. Did that two minutes. Did the auto cue for the next minute. Like so, got his script down pat because they had a big thing that they read off. I didn't. I was just winging it. And then three minutes clicked on, and then all of a sudden he's just talking about surfing as if he'd known it, as he'd done the research. He was calm. He was having fun. Another ad break, goes in again, gets another minds, another minute of information, does another ad in the break, just like, I was watching this guy go, oh my God, having worked with you for a long time, I was like, look at this guy, mate. Yeah, he was brilliant. He was, I mean, funny enough, he earns three million pounds a year as a top flight BBC presenter, so he's quite good at his job. But yeah, it was, it was fascinating to see the inner workings of how all that works. And my only disappointment, my main goal was to measure Claire Balding's head. Mm. That was one of my main kind of goals for the trip and... 
that didn't help. I did have uh, two pints of beer with Beth um, Tweedy. I think it's a gymnast. Sat- Tweddle. Tweddle. Yeah, whatever her name is. That was pretty cool. She's a she's the Scouse gymnast that won. Scouse gymnast. Yeah. Won in. Uh, in London, no? Rio, she, Rio. Yeah, she yeah, got yeah. a medal. That's and uh, yeah, yeah, she was having pints, so yeah, caught up with her. And uh, it was a good time, Paul. But yeah, thanks for uh, unbuzzering me. I, you know, I know it's not easy for you. I know that it, it was, you took it very personally, but uh, I appreciate yeah. the time. Time is a great healer, isn't it? And now it'll just, yeah, that's, I'm fine with it. I'm fine with it now, broadly. Although, still, quite bitter. Uh, but what about you, just generally watching it? Yeah. Was it surfing good? Was it good? Oh, I liked it. It was six to eight foot. And, Crap, I'm sure. I didn't actually sort of see any of this. It's kind of impossible to watch. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. I just, oh. I don't know why. I couldn't find it. I looked at the IOC. I just, I only saw it on Instagram basically. So I didn't actually. I saw the only stuff, and I saw it was on Instagram. And while you were in the studio with with Jason, they sh- you showed some waves while you're talking. Mm. That I couldn't actually ever get a stream of it anywhere. So don't know. Let's just say <laughs> I wasn't involved. Let's just say it was shit. <laughs> Well, that's going to wrap things up for another edition of the podcast. Don't forget, of course, the wavelengthmag.com. Check out our subscribe offers for the magazine, volume 261, out now. Going down to great feedback. Some brilliant offers for subscribers on there as well. Gifts including Tony's Chocolate Only, if you like some ethically sourced chocolate. Got Caravan Coffee as well, bringing sub gifts. Arvin Goods with an absolute classic wavelength socks as well. So two premium print editions of the magazine plus subs gifts all for 20 quid. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.